Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, folks. This is Carl. We are on uh, Freedomizer Radio, and we're going to do a Bible study for the next hour and a half. And uh, today is January. I wish it was July. January the 14th. And uh, I got to be honest with you, this this has been... We're cold today. You know, it's it's as cold as we're uh, in the area of uh, bordering the uh, one of the Great Lakes. It's uh, oh, right now it's I think six degrees. It's going to probably get down to below zero tonight. It's a high of seven today, so we've probably pretty much already peaked out. But it is cold, and the worst part. And this is just something about living in the Great Lakes area or maybe the Midwest. I don't know. There's just constant wind. And we right now supposedly have a constant wind of about 23 mile an hour and about 33 mile an hour uh, gusts. But when you're out there, man, in six degrees, and then they add the, the wind and the gust, it's, it's rough. But we've got a... At least we got one thing we very rarely have and probably haven't had for at least a week here where I am in the Midwest, and that's sunshine. I think I'd rather have it cloudy and cool. But we're going to be, do the Bible study today, and uh, I want to give you a phone number to call in, 319-527-6208. 319-527-6208. It is a uh, toll-free number. You can call in anywhere in the United States, continental United States, and it's free whether you're using a landline or a cell phone to contact that number. And you can, uh, if you want to just listen on the radio, you can do that. You can also, number one, and that'll put you on my board that you'd like to speak, and you can make a comment or ask a question, whatever you'd care to do. And uh, I will retrieve your call and put you on and uh, just ask a couple of things, if you would. Uh, if possible, if we could keep any comments or questions, uh, keep them to the uh, context of the topic, which is the cross of Jesus Christ, where we've been and we're going to be for a awful long time. Now, I got to tell you, Theor- not theoretically. I've I've been told that every verse in the Bible reverts back to the cross of Christ. I believe that. Uh, I don't see that in every verse, but I believe it does because every every verse refers to at least two or three other verses. You know, it says that let everything be confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses, and God's word sure is. And uh, so therefore, every either directly or indirectly, every verse I I understand how it could connect right back, and I believe it does. Cross of Jesus Christ. But we're gonna we're gonna uh, the verses that I pick, we're gonna directly show you. It's gonna be an obvious connection. And what I want you you to see is that we have we get nothing, nothing from God. Of course, salvation is the beginning, born again. But out, out after salvation, there is not, nothing 
that we can get outside of our faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified, which means that our faith is in the cross of Christ, the event that happened. Not as some religions do, that there's actually a a miraculous blessing by having a relic, supposedly, of the cross or something to touch the cross or whatever. No, nothing like that. The, the The wooden material that we use to make the cross has nothing to do with anything. When we say the cross of Christ, we're talking about the single most important event in all human history. And in the, in the judgment day, everyone will understand, realize, and believe that this is the single most important event in all of human history. Because you're either going to be welcomed at the instant of death by the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me into eternal fire, I never knew you. One of the two. There's only two choices. And everything is going to hinge upon what we did as far as our faith in the sacrifice that God himself, becoming a man, that man Jesus Christ, and dying on the cross, what he did on that cross for our salvation. So, uh, we're going to continue on this then, and uh, let's see, I've given the phone number. I think I've gotten the groundwork done. I'm going to start off with, uh, we're going to go to, let's see, I'm going to uh, just bear with me here. Yeah, I see where I am. I'm going to start off with First uh, Peter 1, start with the basics. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 23. All right, in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 23, it specifically states, as much as we, as you know, that we were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold. It makes you wonder why. It makes you seriously question in your mind, why are the churches so obsessed with money? Why are they so obsessed with power? Why are they so obsessed with what they're obsessed with? Hold on just a moment. Okay, we do have someone here. It's going to be Raven. If I am qualified to get you on, okay, you should be here. Hello. Hello there, Kyle. Good afternoon, Kyle. Yeah, well, it's good if you're indoors. Yeah, I was just gonna say the same thing. Why don't you don't have to go outside? This is this is you know, I've seen it colder here twice. Uh much colder. I've seen it down to like twenty one, twenty two below zero, but normally this this is cold as normally as our area of the country gets in the winter time and it is cold. I had to go the out and do some things. And the 22 the below zero, yeah, the 22 yeah, that, below zero that, is what my, that's what my daughter has in Nebraska right now, and that's not wind chill. Yeah. I believe it because Nebraska, okay, she's way north of Kansas City, but they played a football game in Kansas City in like zero last night. So I can believe she's cold. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, really bad, really bad out there. So, you know, all I can say to everybody out there is stay warm. (laughs) Don't do anything foolish. Every day we get get through another one of these, it's one last day we have to go through. Yeah, yep, exactly. You know, this global warming is killing us, Carl. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Why don't you go and pray for the Holy Spirit because we're going to continue on the cross of Christ, which is the event. It's the single most important event of all human history. Yeah. Go ahead and pray. Yeah. All right. (sighs) Father, There are times when words almost are not enough. Almost are are just not enough. So I just ask you to give them to me. Lord, the gratefulness in my heart right now is is so overwhelming that it's, as you so perfectly put it, Thank you for giving me these words. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Our love for you should be always, always that much. And, Father, I just ask that you fill us with that each and every day. That you show us that even in the midst of trials, even when it's 20 below zero, even when we are in pain, even when things seem to be the lowest of the low, when we are in going through horrible, horrible times, that you are there. That, that you are the answer in all things that we can turn to you, that we can call out in distress and, and not say, Lord, why aren't you there? But instead say, Lord, deliver me because we know that you will. If we truly believe, if we truly have faith, That's all we have to do. Father, today as we go through this study, I pray that anyone who is listening will hear in something that we we give out of Scripture, the words they need to hear, the words that they need that answer that prayer. So give us the words, Lord. That those people need to hear today, each and every one of them, that will give them hope. In Christ's name, amen. All right. As I was just starting when you called here, uh, we're going to read First Peter 1, 18 through 23. All right. And you made a comment there about our faith. We're going to show folks that unless your faith is in the cross of Christ, 
and the and what he did for us at the cross. Not the not the wooden beam, but what he did for us at Calvary. Unless your faith is totally in that, totally. Don't add one religious thing. Don't add one good work. Don't add one kind thing. Don't add one sacrament that you take. Add nothing. Raven is going to read here in First Peter one eighteen through twenty three. You are born again by your faith in the cross of Jesus Christ, not just faith. A lot of people have a lot of faith in this world. The what is there? The last I heard there was someone put out there was over two thousand religions in the world. A lot of faith. The ones yeah. that will spend eternity in hell, even though they're good people, as we would turn determine about our standards what a good person is. The only ones that are going to see eternal life in heaven is going to be those whose faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified, as 1 Corinthians 2, 2. So go ahead and read. And, And there's a lot here. You may want to, after each verse, stop and add something, but start with 18 and go through 23. Uh, you know, it's 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 interesting that you said good person according to, you know, what we think because I I saw I mean, something. They, they probably are good. Yeah, I mean, they're probably yeah. really decent people. Yep. Right. Be, because I saw something on social media this morning, you know, about how someone was was, you know, was one of those posts, you know, about how. Uh, oh, you know, you're probably such a good person, and you don't realize how good you are, or, 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 do you? Would your friends say that you're good? You know, yeah, I don't know, something on that order. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, it was, it was but the point. Right, right, exactly, and you know, and it was one of those things that it was like, you know, asking, you know, would your friends say that you're you know, a great person, and you know, and hurrah for me, you know, you know, that kind of thing, you know, and, you know, I, I want to say that I used to be among the people who would either say yay or nay, you know, and, and to be honest, I was always raised as sort of a very pessimistic um, in a very pessimistic home. And so my attitude would have been, well, of course I'm, I'm not, but, I, but, but it wasn't because I was looking at it through the, through what we're talking about. You know what I mean? It's not because oh, yeah. I was thinking, right, it's not because I was thinking, well, of course I'm not, you know, uh, we're not we're not good and you know because of a fleshly reason it's because it's because of pessimistic ideas and and how i was treated growing up and blah 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 you know whatever but the truth is as you say we in our own flesh are not good we need christ in us we need christ in us to make us worth anything and, something and, you, and just, you just said something, yeah. though, bear with uh, Even from a human point of view, 
I really doubt that any of us are considered all the time good by anybody. Right. I mean, even by him. You know, we always hear the the droll and the boring cliches at a funeral. How funny you were. That's always number one. That has a lot to do with spiritual. But I've always been amazed at ministers who get up there and, uh, and, and they'll talk about all the funny things he did and how funny he was and how entertaining. That, 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 that's disappointing when you hear it coming from someone who supposedly believes the Bible. But that aside, if you really right. look at it, we wouldn't even assess ourselves as good in every situation. Yet we we expect God to. That is a, an unbelievable amount of uh, that's an unbelievable amount of what do you want to call it brainwashing. Right. I mean, we who you like, who you admire, and you admire them usually because they have some good human qualities. But nowhere right. is that person always is always going to be a good person, a righteous person. And yet right. we, through cliches, oh, he's in a better place. He's in that. You know, folks, no. You've got to examine yourself. One day when you look at a casket with a body in it, you're going to be in there. Or what yep. if you drown and get blown up? Doesn't make a difference. There's a point of one time for man to die and then the judgment. You're going to face that. How can people ignore what God determines is righteous and 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 even preach in Christian funerals, supposedly Christian, about a person showing good qualities? And you've been to, I'm sure, been to funerals. I don't want to hear one thing about a person who dead, who's dead, about their good qualities. Did they believe yeah. in the Lord Jesus Christ and him? That's all that makes any difference. So if they yeah. didn't, they're going to be in the lake of fire, which burns with, was it, sulfur and, and limestone for day and right. night forever without rest. And, and it amazes me, though, Raven, that church people will take these cliches. You know, Kyle, <laughs> I want to tell you something that hit me within the last, oh, just, I'm going to say, has been hitting me. And and just now, just in this last two minutes, it really hit me hard because of how well, we the Holy about Spirit, that. The Holy Spirit is, you, you prayed, the Holy Spirit's giving you an answer. Yes, yes. And that is, you know, and, and we've discussed this, you know, a little bit on here. And that is I was raised um, with, in a very, very abusive family. And, but the point, my point is that they told me all my life what a miserable, horrible person I was, never would amount to anything, you know, da 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 But, you know, the, the, the details don't matter. And people in the listening audience, she ain't changed a bit. <laughs> but here's the thing, Carl. Here's the thing. What they yeah. meant for evil, God meant yep. for good. Because let me tell you something. 
those who have been raised and told all their lives, oh, you're so good, you've been this, you're such a wonderful person. They have nothing, at least they don't, yep, they don't think they have anything to repent of. They don't think they have anything to repent of. God, I'm going to cry here any second. I I feel like I owe them a thank you because because they're right. They're right. They're 100% right, but they don't even know it. They don't even know it. They did that all to me all my life trying to put me down, trying to make me feel bad about myself, and God took it and used it to turn me to him. I'd say to so turn... sense, I've never thought of this before, but it makes sense. Yes. I never thought of it until this last two minutes. He took it and used it to turn me to him, to say, you know what? You are a miserable sinner. Now let me make you more like me. So if you are out there and you think, you know, that's I'm good for nothing, I'm awful, I, I can't do anything right, I just, that's okay because God can use you. God can use you. Turn to him and let him work through you because he's the one that's good. And he can use you. And all those people in your family, in your life, in whatever, he can't use them because they think that they are so wonderful that they're just going to put everyone else down around them and lift themselves up. They're not lifting God up. They're lifting up themselves. Amen. Hallelujah. Think about that for a moment. It's not about you. It's about God. And so you go on realizing that they're right. It's not about you. It's about God. It'll always be about God. And you, and you, will, you may never be as good as them in the flesh. And who cares? You don't want to be. You don't want their, their pride and their, you know, banging on your chest and look how great I am and I'm this, this. You don't want that. Who cares? Doesn't matter. All that matters is that we know that we can never, ever be in the flesh of this great, wonderful person. That's what Satan thought he was. And look at where it took him. That's a very I, I am. Thankful. That is a very 
good point. He was. He was the number one creation, but still was not enough without his faith in Christ. That's right. Carl, I've been having trouble with forgiveness of one particular person especially. And, and I've been, and I've, and I've gotten through, you know, most of them, but there's, well, I'm, I'll just tell you, my sister, you know this, I've had very difficult time forgiving my sister. And you know what? It's, it's just like that. It's gone because I just realized she did me a favor. She did me a favor all those years, all those years. She helped me. She doesn't even know it. She didn't do it on purpose. She wasn't trying to help me. She wasn't trying to do me a favor. But what she meant for evil, God meant for good. Praise the Lord. I, too, you and I both know an individual who hits very hard on this idea of unforgiveness. And he hits me hard on it because I've told him it's one of my major weaknesses. But you know what I second Timothy two twenty six. Uh-huh. This is just something that I've I've ascertained from reading scripture. This might help people yeah. know with forgiveness. Mike. Yeah. Read that verse. Mm. Yes. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. And here it is right here. Having been taken captive by him. To do his will. Yeah. That's the way. Yeah. Now, whenever I look at someone who are, who does something wrong yeah. to me, probably suffering more or as much or more as I am being tormented yeah. by Satan. Yeah. Now, I'd like you to take and read 24 and 5, because this is our attitude should be for them. Those people are going down the third time, and they need a life preserver, and we, rather than fighting them because they've done evil to us, we got to realize they're being victimized by the same Lucifer and his demons that have caused us to offend other people, and we need to pray for these people. We need to share Christ with them. So once you have these people who you can't forgive, here's what our attitude should be. Read 24 and 25. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. And what is the truth? Who is it? Christ is the truth. Amen. You got it. So my attitude towards someone, when they're really wrong, should not be one of revenge or anger, but realize that that same enemy that causes me at times to do offensive things to other people is catching them in the same snare and what my reaction to this should be is to pray for those people and to do everything I can to lead them to the truth which is Jesus Christ and that's the only escape not only for them but for me 
There's no escape yes. raven for you from unforgiveness other than through Christ. You yes. can't do yes. it on your own. Exactly. And the thing is, you know, we can't figure it out. I have been – it's not that I didn't want to forgive her. Let, let me be very clear. I have been desperately wanting, seeking a way to forgive her because I knew that unforgiveness was, was wrong, and it, and it has been bothering me just like a, like a monkey on my back, you know, for, for a while because I'd forgiven other people. I'd forgiven my mother who was, oh, my goodness, I could talk for hours, on, but I wouldn't. But I'm just saying I'd forgiven her, and it was – that was very, very difficult. But I had this thing about my sister that I just could not forgive her. And, and just like that, God showed me something that made me go, huh, that's it. It's, it's gone. The, the bitterness, the whatever, the, all that, it's just boom. Because God said, look, look. Now, don't take it back up. Don't take it back up. I'm showing you why. And when God shows us something like that, see, that's not me. That's not something I did. And this is what's important. I didn't decide that, oh, okay, I'm just going to now forgive her. Any more than I decided to forgive my mother. God showed me verses of scripture and said here it is and I'm giving you I don't know how else to explain this but I'm giving you forgiveness of your mother I'm giving it to you now accept it and that was the day it happened and now he has given me forgiveness of my sister let me give you. Let me make a couple of comments here on what you said. Number one, you said that you wanted to forgive her, and that is the beginning. Because yeah. if you didn't want to, the Holy Spirit would have never given you that forgiveness. Yes. Uh, yeah. The 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 other thing is this taking it back up is a real and present danger especially when they trip our trigger again tomorrow after we've forgiven them today. Yes. That's where we've got to go back and realize that these people are being tormented by Satan just as we probably offend others when we're tormented by Satan. None of us are any better or any worse than anybody else naturally. It's the right. ones who follow the the. the the pass of Lucifer and his angels in Ephesians six twelve, the spiritual warfare, or you follow Jesus yeah. Christ. This idea of forgiveness, you have forgiven, but the the real danger and and it is, is don't take it up again when she pushes your button again, which she will. Yeah. Realize you know there's being played she's being played I'm a sorry, role. She yes. is being played by Lucifer. Yes, 
there's an answer to that. God just brought it to me in, in James 4. Perfect, perfect. That tells us how this works. It's in James 4. He says in verse 1, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? And by pleasure, he doesn't, just, he doesn't necessarily mean sexual pleasure. He's talking about your flesh. He's talking about how yep. you right, desire, right, right. right, you desire to do things that make your flesh feel good. He said, you lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have uh, forgiveness. You do not have uh, those things because you do not ask God for them. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. He's not just talking about money that you ask for and don't have. He's talking about even forgiveness and stuff. You, you, you ask for the wrong reasons. But then he says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend with the world makes himself an en- en- enemy of God. Or do you think that scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? Here it is, verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When we truly want to forgive for God and not for our own purposes, for our own desires, for our own wants, that's when we get to verse 6 where he gives us the grace to forgive. Okay. The grace. Does that make sense? Do you, oh, yeah. do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. grace we- Without grace, Raven, we can't do anything for God. Yes. Yes. It, 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 is, it is when we want to do it for him, for his glory, not for our own, not just, see, and this is it. It's, it's not that he did not allow me to forgive her. He didn't show me how so that I can say, look what I did, purpose is so that I can say, this is what God did in me. It's him doing it, not something I did. Not something I did. You brought up something I want to, and I want to get back to salvation and the cross, but I want to bring this point up. You made a comment. You made a comment that is for his glory. Yes. If you are in any ministry whatsoever, if you are not using the abilities God gave you to do the ministry to glorify him, your ministry is false. 
That is not only in this situation of forgiveness, folks. Nothing. Every one of our spiritual gifts, every one of our spiritual gifts are to glorify Jesus Christ. Because John 16, 14 says of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, he will glorify me. So everything the Holy Spirit does in and through you, if your motive is not to glorify Jesus Christ, you're winging it on your own. You're winging it on the flesh. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're the leader of the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't care who and you are. And that is the cross of Christ. You're not, if your motive is not to glorify Christ, not have the help, the help of the Holy Spirit as far as his power in your ministry, and without his power in your ministry, it's just words. It's words that mean nothing. Nobody gets comfort from them. Yes. So that, yes. that whole point about glorifying, we have got to ask God constantly. And I don't yes. mean every day make a check mark and you 24 times right. a day. You, But in your mind, everything has got to be for the purpose of glorifying Jesus Christ. Other than that, the Holy Spirit will not work miraculously in you. He won't. Yeah. Read Romans yeah. 8, 8, 2. Read, and I know what Romans 8, 1 says. There's no comment. But read Romans 8, 2. Right. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And the only one that can free you from the law of sin and death is the Holy Spirit. Let's prove that. Yeah. Read Romans 8.13. 8.13 will prove that. For if you live you according to the flesh, death. for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Okay, now back to Romans 8.2. The only way the Holy Spirit will free you from the law of sin and death is in Christ. In Christ. You're glorifying him. Your faith is in nothing but him and your glory. So that little statement you made, it was a very quick statement you made, maybe five seconds. But I am convinced. And I got to tell you, I listened to Raven, the fellow in Kentucky this morning, and also Pastor Rand's. And Pastor Rand's was about, he must have spent at least five to six minutes talking about the total powerlessness uh, of the of today's Christian church because we've left the scripture. I, Did I, he I plagiarize me again I'm, today? No. Did he no, plagiarize no. me again today? <laughs> uh, he saw, I talked to him about that. He says that he's got his attorneys listening to you because you're copying him, so... Uh, The point of the matter, when you leave the scripture, you're leaving Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. It says the law of the spirit of life in Christ. If it is not Jesus Christ and him crucified, that your faith and all the glory for you're doing everything for his glory. If you're doing it for your church's glory, for your pastor's glory, for your glory, for your parents' glory that want you to be a minister. Folks, you may have not you may not have the worst of intentions, but it is not gonna work. The Holy Spirit has one motive to glorify Jesus Christ. That is the yes. first phrase 
John John sixteen fourteen. I love what now, you just said. Well, that's I love what you the one who said it. I'm just yeah. elaborating on what you yes. said. Yes, but you said the Holy Spirit has one. I, I forget what the word was. You said one job or one 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 well, here, thing to, here, one purpose. Hold one on, purpose. Right? Hold on, hold on. Go to John sixteen fourteen, and just read. Okay, you, but, but you said no, the Holy on. Spirit has one purpose, which is to oh. which is to magnify the Father or something like that. But but no, yes. So if we to glorify Christ. Okay, so if we are truly walking in the Spirit. Then that is also our purpose. If we are walking, if we're not walking in the spirit, then we're going to be we trying. Do. Our purpose is yes. We're going to be. If we're not walking in the spirit, our purpose is going to be to to glorify the flesh. But if we are truly walking in the spirit, then the Holy Spirit in us is going to constantly be trying to just glorify Christ. But I want you, Raven, you're right, but please turn to John 16, 14 and read just the first phrase. The first phrase, don't go on my words. He will glorify me. Yes. 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 He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare to you. Yes. Show it to us. So again, we are not walking in the spirit. We cannot glorify Christ. It's impossible. I don't care what we say. I don't care whose sermon.com you preach. Right. Right. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit, Romans 8.13, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can that can put to death the deeds of the body, and Romans yeah. eight two tells us he'll only do it if we're in Christ, which means our faith yeah. isn't nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Now back to salvation. Yeah. There's three things. There's three right. points I'm going to cover. Not this week, but we're going to get eventually to. Number one is salvation is only by your faith in what Christ did at the cross. Period. Nothing added, nothing yeah. subtracted. Then sanctification, yeah. which is from the moment you're born again till the time you turn room temperature. Everything in between that God does in you is sanctification, which is Romans chapter 8, verse 29. And that is to make us in the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Okay. And that is totally, we're going to show you by scripture, You're sanctified by faith in him. So the very same thing that saves your soul is what sanctifies you. And then we're going to talk about the requirement that is God, since going back into the Old Testament, that God demanded for the covering or forgiveness of sin, and that is the shed blood. That's why people say that there are, there's your faith is in the blood. There's power in the blood. If you yeah. don't, what what is it that we're talking about? No, the liquid is the his life. The life of the human being is in the blood. When he sheds his blood, he gave his life for you. 
This is, and I'm going to tell you, folks, we got salvation and sanctification, which is all we can attain on earth. And if your faith is not in the shed blood that he requires, the death of the sinner, if your faith is not in Christ's blood alone, you are not only not sanctified, you may not be saved. And this is for you to judge each other. So let's go right. ahead and read 1 Peter 1, 18 through 23. All right. I had lost that one. I wanted to ask you what it was again because I'd, I'd moved away from it. First Peter 1. This is the basic building block. And I want to say Titus 2, 11. Before she starts, the grace of God for salvation has appeared to every man. I don't want any anyone to debate that or even consider it could be wrong. No man has been eliminated from receiving the grace of God to salvation. It is what they do with the, what the grace provides. The grace provides through your faith in Christ alone and him crucified to 11 gives you the grace to accept that, but you can reject it. So nobody can say, I was never called, and I've heard that, and that's ridiculous. But here's what salvation is based on, folks, and I want you to pay attention to 1 Peter 118, because don't add or subtract to this, or you could be in the danger of hell's fire. Go ahead. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without and you see what you know, without blemish, hold on this yeah. without blemish or yeah. spot every lamb that was ever sacrificed in the old testament they're always told that the lamb must be without blemish or spot which means what christ was he was without sin totally does that yeah. make sense every lamb that was this is not a newfangled thing in christianity Remember when Festus, was it Festus that told Paul, you're coming up with all these new kinds of things? No, he's not. This goes right back to Adam and Eve. When Abel sacrificed the lamb without spot or blemish, meaning his faith in the coming Jesus Christ, and Cain worked hard, which is religion, and Cain ended up in hell. This, this lamb without spot or blemish, is exactly what the Old Testament for 4,000 years preached. Okay? I, I remember you have a very extensive study on the Old Testament and how they did this and, and how it relates to Christ. When you say extensive, you remember it was a lot about it. Yes, yes. That's what because, I mean, yes. Right, because what was that all pointing towards? It was pointing towards Christ and his perfect and sacrifice. That, that it was pointing towards Christ at the cross, exactly. Yes. yes. I don't understand how there can be preaching in any sermon or any Bible study 
without pointing to the cross. Yes. Yes. Oh, Pastor Pastor Rands today, he he was magnificent. He 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 left no doubt that the churches today are pathetic, they're anemic, they're weak, and he says they've left the scripture. And I'm thinking to myself, thirty something years ago, I remember getting chewed out in a in a particular church because I was saying the very same thing that we're being duped by religion. And I'm telling you, I'm glad to see that people are realizing, as Pastor Rands has said about six weeks ago, and this is his exact comment: the present day church has made themselves biblically illiterate because they have left the Bible. And this is a man who has a pretty decent-sized Southern Baptist church, but he's not afraid to get up and speak the truth. You know what? He was hospitalized this week, in addition to only having about uh, 14 months, 15 months to go to find a kidney to be transplanted. He was hospitalized. They thought he had a heart attack, but I don't think it was. I, I didn't hear him say it was. This man is is speaking such truth about the current Laodicean church, and he is he is just ripping right into the problem. Is today we have left the Bible. The current church has left it, and he is being attacked, Raven, and I'm positive his attacks are because he is he is absolutely nailing the enemy where the enemy is hurting the church, and that is don't preach and teach the Bible. He even made a comment. We ridicule Bible thumpers. We ridicule those people. We ridicule hell, fire, and damnation te- preachers. He said we don't do it in the outside world. We do it in the church. He said yes. he hurt people with these sarcastic yes. comments. Yes. Yes. All right. The 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 Satan is go, not going after, and you've said this, and I've said this. He's not going after the ones that are in the bars, the ones that are shooting up heroin. He's going after the the church. He doesn't. He's already got them. He wants us. Yes, and what Rands is saying, building on what you're saying, is he's not going after the false preaching and teaching in the Christian churches. He actually supports those people. Right. But if you, if huh. Raven, just what you and I are saying, we are admitting that we are a target for the wrath of hell. Yes. Yes. And anybody who thinks we aren't, that it can't happen, you're in bigger trouble than those who already know that it can because he already, well, I don't want to go there. That's going to bring up a whole new topic, Carl. Well, the, the the point of the matter is this shows you the attack. And I'm telling you, this week alone, Dr. Michael Youssef, David Jeremiah, and then Pastor Rands, the church I go to this morning, and the fellow in Kentucky, the same thing, all four of them. And they're ripping the current church. And they're both Southern Baptist preachers, the guy from Kentucky and this one today that I, the pastor of the church I go to. Michael Youssef, 
Rasul Yusuf is an Arab, but turned an evangelist. And he's on the same yeah. thing, that the churches are anemic, were pathetic, yeah. were weak, because the ministry has turned from Jesus Christ and him crucified, which is the Bible, to another gospel. And I'm let, telling let you, prove that, if you're going to maintain this belief, if you're going to continue believing Christ and him crucified, you are going to be persecuted. It's going to happen. Let me take just one minute and Go prove ahead. it. That's all right. And then we get back to First Peter. Go ahead. Right. There, I have been on, on social media. I, I, I like to follow some pages that have, you know, that just have, like, that put out scripture and this kind of thing. And over the past month, I have seen more apostasy, heresy on these groups than, than I've seen in the last four years. And when I say apostasy and heresy, I'm not talking about people yeah, saying, I'm not talking about, yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about unbelievers coming in and trolling the groups and saying God doesn't exist. Although though that happens on occasion, that right, used right, to happen right, a lot, right. right? That used to happen a lot four years ago and whatnot. No, what I'm seeing is people saying you must add the law to this. You must. Um, it is. It is absolutely faith plus works. It is absolutely. Uh, oh, I'm seeing a lot of this. Um, we only believe in what is written in red in in the church. I, I, I can't tell you how much of this I'm seeing. I'm seeing don't believe anything in scripture. And, and my response to that is, who do you think wrote, the, wrote it in red? I, I mean, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't take out a red pen when they started writing the gospel. That's, that's man. Man wrote that. The entire scripture is written. If you're listening, let me tell you something. I need to say this right now. If you are listening today, the Holy Spirit wrote this book. Now, did he write it with a pen? No. But this entire scripture is God-breathed, meaning the Holy Spirit gave this Two men, and they wrote it. If you don't believe that, if you believe that this was written by men, and I've heard all kinds of things by people over the last month or so, that only what's written, only Christ's exact words, in other words, the red words, all of this is Christ's words because Christ is God. All of this whole Bible is Christ's words, and I've, and I've also heard that only Genesis, or only the, only the Torah, that's the word they use, only those things are, are actually God's words. If you believe that, then take the entire Bible, throw it in the garbage, and get yourself a dictionary, or get yourself okay. a, 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 a fiction, because that's what you believe about the Bible. Okay, let's just stop a minute. Let's put verses to this. No more opinion. Go to Second Peter 1 and read 20 and 21. Yep. 
And it's not opinion. I'm going by what you're saying right now. Yes. No, Second I know Peter that. 1, 20, 20. Right. Other people, Raven, hold on, Raven. Other people yeah. are going to say, and I've heard it in my Bible studies at church, well, Carl, that's how you see it. No. Let's stop. It's not what Raven thinks or sees or her opinion at all. What she just said right. is scriptural. Read Second Peter that's 1. Right. This is Right, Raven, every Bible study I've ever studied starts with these two verses. Yes, yes. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Stop and and go right to Second Timothy three sixteen, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In case that doesn't make sense to somebody, read Second Timothy three sixteen. And if you have a degree in a misunderstanding, you can't miss what the God is saying here. Yep, this is exactly where I was going to next. It's right next to my. I have it in right. I have that that well, that, that reference right next to mine. Hold on. Yep. After you're done with this, I'm going to go to the next thing where you said every word is about Jesus Christ. So after you're yep. done with Second Timothy 3.16, I'm going to give you one more, and we're going to prove everything you just said. Number one, the Bible is written by the Holy Spirit. Number two, every word in the Old Testament, New Testament is about Christ, period. Yep. All Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man, I'm going to go 17 as well, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Would you like to take uh, Revelation 22 as well? Verse 19. Well, you Reverse. You could read, read Raven, Raven, bear well, hold on just a second. You made two yeah. statements that are inflame most of Christianity today. That every verse, every word, Old Testament, New Testament is inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by God. I want to prove those two points first, okay? Right. Well, I I just thought maybe okay. Revelation 18. What, re, re, hold oh, excuse on, me, Raven. 22. Let, let, you know, hold on, hold on. Let me just prove yeah. that what we you said before wasn't Raven just spouting off on the radio. Okay. Gotcha. So we just read Second Peter 1, 20 and 21 and Second Timothy 3, 16, and you made two yeah. statements now about five minutes ago that the whole yep. scripture is inspired and written by the Holy Spirit. People yeah. do, even in Christian churches, think it's only the Torah. I've heard that in Christian yep. churches. Okay, yep. now, you've read Second Timothy 3.16, that every word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, you made another yep. inflammatory statement to unbelievers <laughs> in modern churches, modern Christian churches, yep. not outside. Uh -huh. And that uh -oh. the, that this is not all uh -oh, about I I Christ. I've heard in a Bible study in a Christian church. I'm going to have to call back. If you can hear ago. me, I can't hear you, and I'm going to call right back. You can't hear me? Okay, I can hear you. Go ahead. 
Are you there? Yep, now Are I can you hear there? you. Okay. Yep, I can hear okay. you. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. We, I want you to hold these verses you wanted to go to, but you made two statements yeah. that the pastors I've been listening to in the last several months who are saying the church is anemic or pathetic or powerless, yeah. Yeah. that we have left the scripture. You made a statement that the modern church would infl- be inflamed and want to burn you at the stake as they did years ago. That every yes. word in the scripture is given by the Holy Spirit. Now, you just gave three verses that confirm that. Now, the next one that actually I sat in a Bible study at a former church we went to for an hour and 20 minutes listening to all the all the regurgitation of people in the Bible study with pastors there nodding their heads that the Jews never had Christ preach to them. Go to John 1, 1 and read that. I want to verify, Raven, what you said. Hold on. I want to verify what you said because the two statements you made inflame the modern Laodicean church that Michael Youssef, Dr. David Jeremiah, and now two local pastors that I know have talked about just today. Perfect. We've got to to put this out, Raven, that there is no question this nonsense that is being preached in the churches about the Jews not hearing about Christ, only the Torah is, and this is coming from Christian preachers. We've got to, and you said it, and I want to verify that Raven's not just a Bible thumper. She's quoting the scripture. So go ahead with John 1.1. This was your statement. I might thump my Bible for a while, but that's not all I am. All right. In the beginning was the Word. Wait, I didn't hear you. Oh, I said, I might thump my Bible. I said, I might thump my Bible once in a while, but it's because I'm passionate about the Word. When (laughs) when people call you that, it's meant sarcastically. I know. Because they hate the Bible, even though though they're in church. They hate the Bible. Go ahead. Yeah. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with, God, was with God, and the Word was God. Okay. In the beginning, the Word, the Word that we're so sarcastic about in modern preaching, that again, I heard two preachers today say it at the same time. In the last two weeks, I've had Dr. Michael Youssef on radio to give two talks about this, and David Jeremiah won. The word, every word of Scripture, and we're ridiculing it in the modern churches, and they're saying it, not Carl. Now, the word is a capital, meaning it's a proper noun. Now, the word is God. The word is God. Well, Carl, yes, that's the Old Testament. No, read John John 1.14. Yes, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now that substantiates your second statement. Your second statement, which would be like driving 
pieces of wood under the fingernails of most Christian teaching today. According to Michael Youssef and Dr. David Jeremiah, your other inflammatory statement was every word in this Bible is about Christ and it's been preached since Adam and Eve. All yeah. I'm trying to do is show people that Raven is just not on a roll. Raven is merely quoting the scripture, but as this guy down in Kentucky said today, the church doesn't want to hear the scripture. And he said, I'm generalizing. He says there's some good people, but he says in general, the modern Christian church, he said, that's why there's nothing. The, the, in fact, he made this comment. He says, you notice the young people don't want to go to church. Why would they? They see the, right. the hateful attitude we've got. They see the sarcasm towards the church. They see the sarcasm towards the Bible. What do they need to add that to their list of troubles they got already? And this is coming you know from pastors. I'm only repeating what I heard today. You know what they see, Carl? They see our unbelief. Amen. Can you just bear with me a minute? Yeah. Did you want Oh, okay. All right, my boss just came downstairs, and I was afraid I was in trouble, but <laughs> I may be, but not. Okay. But, no, but I isn't just that wanted the truth? But isn't what, that the that truth? No, no, that they see our unbelief. We don't believe, not truly. We don't, we're oh. not walking in the spirit. Pastor we're not Rands, Jeremy Rands, he, in, he had about a five-minute dissertation on this. Why would you expect the, the younger generation to want to come to church? He says they got all kinds of problems going on in their lives, and he says they look at us and they see people criticizing those who preach the gospel. And he's the one who says if you're a Bible thumper, it's meant as a sarcastic. But I cannot let your – you made two statements I can't let go. And one is yeah. every word is inspired by God. Number two, every word is about Jesus Christ. Now, you've just read that every word is God. Then you read in John one fourteen that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, let's say someone still doesn't get it. Read John one twenty nine, and this is validating your second statement, that every word in Old and New Testament is about Jesus Christ, period. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Okay, now you can go back to your other verses, which are fine verses, the result of your faith in Jesus Christ. But I want to just, again, you're, you hit on the, the root cause of the problem in the churches today. Number one, we don't believe every word was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I had that proven to me at our last church in a Bible study. Number two, they don't believe that Jesus Christ was preached in all the Old Testament. And you made that statement. I had to give, I had to interrupt because I had to give verses to substantiate it. What other people think means nothing, including you or I. What the Bible says right. is all they count, period. So now That's if you it. want to go back and make something, go ahead. That's it right there. 
I and this is what I do when I'm confronted with this stuff. All I do is give them gospel, and when they try to give me all their opinions and all their reasons, my response is, show it to me in Scripture. If you can give me Scripture to, 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 that, that tells me, that, that backs up what you're saying, then I'll buy it. But unless you give me a book, chapter, and verse, you are wrong. And do you know what they'll do? They'll laugh at it. Now, you know what that means? That means they are mocking God. They're mocking God. When they are laughing at the scripture I give and saying, go look at or read or whatever, what this man says, no. I will not read what this person says. Watch what that person says. You show me book, chapter, and verse in God's word, and they actually, you know, how you like or love or whatever on Facebook or this or that. Instead, what I get is the laugh. That is mocking God. That's mocking God. Remember Paul, and when you Paul told Paul told Timothy in the last days, mockers and scoffers will come. That's right. And so this is what I, and, 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 and the, the other thing that I said, remember, is they think that they have to add works to faith. And this is, this is what I use, Galatians 3, 1 through 5. Oh, foolish Galatians. Insert your word to make it you. Oh, foolish church. Oh, foolish traditions. Oh, foolish you who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth. And let's show how we don't obey it. Hold on. I'm going to say some other verses you alluded to. Let's say how, show how we don't obey the truth. And it's a direct opposition to the cross of Christ. Go to Revelation yeah. 22 and read 18 and 19. Yeah, direct is, opposition exactly. to the cross. Exactly, opposition. exactly. Go yes. To. I'm there. For I testify to everyone who hears the word of this prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, meaning you don't believe Galatians, Philemon, Philippians, Second Peter, any, anything, or the Old Testament, you don't believe that anymore either, anything. If anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Okay, let's go to the first one. If anybody adds to it, that's 18, yes. right? Yes. Okay, hold on. And I'm not talking about Roman Catholicism with purgatory, but it's the same thing. You've got to be right. baptized in water. That's adding yep. to the words of Jesus Christ. 
I go to a Southern Baptist church. The man is a graduate of a Southern Baptist Bible college seminary. He is Southern Baptist through and through. And at least he used to do it twice a month. Now it's up to three times a month. If you people in this church think that you must be baptized in water to to be saved, you are wrong. And he's telling this to the one denomination who that is one of their posters when you come in the church. You must be baptized in water. And he encourages it. He himself baptizes people maybe two weeks out of every month. But he says it is not your baptism that saves your soul by water. And that's what first verse in 18 is adding to it. And yet we make fun of Roman Catholicism that says you've got to go to purgatory. I don't care whether you're Roman Catholic or Southern Baptist. If you say you've got to go to purgatory or you've got to do this or do that, or you've got to be totally sanctified or you've got to be baptized in water, you're all going to end up in the same place, according to Romans or Revelation 22, 18. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, okay, absolutely. We're very, we're very quick. We're very quick to to criticize Roman Catholicism, but purgatory right. is no different than than me doing any good work. If I add that I've got to do a good work to salvation, I'm no different than the person who believes they got to go to purgatory when they die because Christ didn't pay at all. Yes, Galatians three two. This only I want to learn exactly. from you. Did you did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Go to 5, 2, and 4. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, that's any, any, any part of the law, you have fallen from grace. You see, Raven, where the only thing left is the cross of Christ. Yeah. There is nothing else but. And when he says don't add to or subtract, he's talking about the cross of Christ. Yes. Yes. Now go ahead and uh, well that that I think you've 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 read Revelation twenty two nineteen yep that's if anybody adds to it if anybody subtracts to it and we have both going on in modern Christian teaching they add to and as as again Michael Youssef and David Jeremiah and I don't know why they're both on it in the last couple of months but the church has left the Bible and that is a general statement. And and I don't know why they're both on it at this particular period of time, but they are. The church has left the Bible. The Bible is every word is about Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the reason there's yeah. a hatred for the Bible, even in the churches. We've got yeah. sermons being, we've got people preaching and teaching sermons off of sermon.com. One of the people that I listened to this morning it was either Jeremy Rands or the pastor in Kentucky. He says, Why well, we're preaching about experiences. We're preaching about things we've experienced, things we would like to see. No. 
preach the word of God only. You don't have to add to or subtract. Don't do it. Yeah. I mean, if you were to listen yeah. to these people, you would think these people are against church. No, they're very, very, they're very legitimate pastors, but they're only preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified, not seminary yeah. experience, not stories your yeah. your professor told you, and all this other stupidity. Yes, and this stuff is yeah. and this stuff is what Jeremy Rand said this morning. That's why the younger generation doesn't want to go to church. They go to church and listen to someone tell jokes for 10 minutes. He said they don't want to hear that stuff. Right. Yep. Exactly so. The last thing they want is to hear somebody tell them that they don't come in so that they can. Let me give an example. Maybe this will make it more you have all these big mega churches and, and and I'm listen if you can reach more people good but you better be reaching them with Christ just be you you they're they're coming in and all they're hearing is I went to a particular church and and this was the day that I said that's it I'm done when I went in and the music that was playing was a song from The Who. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. Oh, but yeah. The Who, okay, okay. I figured you did, but I'm just, you know, I, I, I try not to assume. So The Who is a rock and roll group. Now, they weren't playing the entire song, but, you know, they were the Who Are You? Who Are You? And, and, and you know, as if this is, and, and what they were saying is, oh, we were playing that because most people don't know who Christ is. I don't care. This, it's just so inappropriate. You know, it's just, you can't play. I, oh, it's because we're trying to get young people in. If you can't get them in with Christ, then you have a problem. God is the one that draws them in, not the who, not uh, the Beatles, not, I, I don't know who's popular today, I, I have no clue, but whatever, whoever. God does the drawing. God is the one that gives the grace. Christ is the one that does the saving. God saves not uh, Robert Plant, I, I think that's who, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, no, he was Led Zeppelin. Anyway, whoever. Uh, I can't, I used to know back in the 70s when I was a kid, and now I don't know these names anymore. But you under, you get the idea here. These people are not going to save you. God and his grace is who is going to save you. And if you have to use, and, and I'm, I, I am not the one, and anybody who's ever heard me before knows, I'm not the one who says you can't use updated, uh, no, who can't use, I, I don't say you can't use Christian contemporary music. Nothing wrong with it, as long as it is truly Christian, as long as they are using God and not some sort of weird you know, other stuff. I, I listen to Christian contemporary music. Love it. 
if you if you really listen to it, great words. But make sure it's actually Christian. That they're some not of it, some of it, some of it. Some of it. I love it. And well, it's, and it's some your... of it. What's that? Raven, some of it yeah. is good. Some of it is pointing to Christ, but some of it is not. I personally um, like most of it, but I have heard. I'm, afraid, I have I'm, heard I'm not some. debating. I'm not, right. I'm not debating. You like it or not? That's like I like chocolate. You like vanilla. What I'm right, saying, right. exactly. Contemporary music. Some of it is very, very biblically oriented, but some of it is not. The one thing about the old hymns, the old hymns which made up the praise and worship from the hymnal, they were all taken from scripture. I we. I, I don't see why we had to get off of that, but some of the contemporary music is not, believe me, it is not glorifying God. Some of it is. But why do we have to change? Because people don't think that we can reach the modern generation with the words of the Bible. That is the essence of the problem. And, and, and that right there is my point. If you can't reach someone with God, then you're not going to reach him because God's the one doing the reaching, not you. That's you got the point. It. Yeah. Yeah, the music is just a symptom. Music is just a symptom of whether you believe or you don't. Right. Music is just how we praise him. That's Amen. all. That's what music is. Music is yeah. how we praise him. It has nothing to do with that's let me do it this way god music is not god talking to us it's us talking to him amen let me tell you the the origin historically the origin of religion is praise to god historically yes the origin of music is okay historically yes Yes, exactly. Right. We we have we have come down now again. We didn't even get through the first thing about the cross of Christ today. Next week, I want to start. We're gonna we're gonna go to three different areas of the cross benefits. One is salvation, one is sanctification, and then we're gonna do the third section is gonna be about the blood because without the shed blood and the death of Jesus Christ, who is God, shedding His blood for us. There is no purpose of the cross. So next week we'll get back and we'll try to stick on that. And okay. uh, yeah. But everything we uh, talked about today was about the cross of Christ, really. You know what I mean? Well, it was. It really but was. I want to give. Yeah. I want to. I, I was Raven, but like when you say something, I want to always. And this is just the way I am. I want to always give verses to substantiate, like you made two inflammatory statements, and that is that every word, including those not in the Torah, were inspired by the Holy Spirit. I want to give verses for it. Then you made the other statement that the word from Genesis 1-1 is about Christ, which in the former church you and I went to, I heard pastors sit and say nothing when they said that the New Old Testament didn't contain Christ. I want to give verses right. to this. So next Absolutely. week we're going to talk about 
We're going to talk about the cross of Christ, hopefully from here on, as far as salvation and sanctification, and the purpose of it was to shed blood, which is the life. But I'm not going to give our opinions as much as we can. I want to give scripture, folks, because like Raven said earlier, Carl and Raven don't do a thing that change your mind. It is the word of God, period. In fact, let's, let's leave off with that thought. Read First Thessalonians 2.13. You don't want to, if you don't understand this, you don't want to because it's simple language. You don't have to yeah. have a doctorate in hermeneutics. For this reason, First we time. also thank. For this well, reason, we also thank. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you. Uh, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. What works effectively in us who believe? The word of God. That's why I want to substantiate every statement with the word of God. Now, I also wanted to get to this, and you're going to have to insert it real quick. Uh, In fact, I'll tell you, let's do it next week. We said about the old, we'll start this next week because it's definitely applicable to what Jeremy Rand said today. The, The modern generation does not want to go to church. They don't want any part of religion because they don't see anything any different than what they're doing, and that's arguing, fighting. Exalting of people above other people. I want to. I want to start off with something. Raven, next week, please tell me to go back to what that thought was, because I want you to describe when you changed and allowed God to change you. The dramatic 180 degree change it had in two of your children and how they reacted to you when you changed. Yeah, because I'm telling you, as Jeremy Rand said today, folks, the way the churches are today and all the little cliques inside and people calling others Bible thumpers and preachers of fire, damnation, and hell, uh, he says, any wonder that you're the people. But you are a perfect example of someone whose lifestyle changed by God, and it had a dramatic influence on two of your children. Just remind me next week to go back to that to begin with. Then we'll get to the cross. I like that you added those two words in there. My lifestyle changed by God. Yes. Well, it Not did. something it did. I did. Yep. It was, it was Not part, something of I did. part of the situation yep. where you say you fell down and, 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 and he broke you and he changed you. But what's yes. remarkable is your two of your children would not even talk to you, and then after you changed your attitude towards them when you spoke to them, all of a sudden they're now agreeing with you. Yes. Yes. Okay, we'll we'll do that before we get into the verses on the cross next week. We'll do that in the beginning because this is very important. Why the young people don't want church because we as Christians aren't living it. Yes. And when you do live it, the, 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 when you do live it, your own kids will see it in you. And you're a perfect example of that. 
That's very kind. Thank you, Carl. Well, but again, just remind me. Not, not me. Remind me to get back. Remind me to get. I, we know it's not you. I wouldn't even bring it up. Remind me right. next week to do that because my memory stinks. I, I just wrote a note here and stuck it in my Bible, and uh, yep. now I'm going to pray but because of the God who reminds me. So. But God had to put you down literally in order yes. for you to repent and get in sync with him. And as soon as you did that, you changed your attitude towards the kids, and now they're coming to you. Yes. yes. I want you to just Thank briefly you. give that next week because, folks, we bring these kids along from the time they're four or five years old to church, and then we just destroy everything because we don't live it ourselves. You can't sell yeah. what you don't have. Yeah, All right. You're right. I'm out of time completely. I thank you, Raven, for being on. We'll do it again next week. And take care, folks. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.